LIW American Horror Story Review is brought to you by False Hope. The premise that American Horror Story is built on. LIW American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW American Horror Story Review. This episode is 504, Devil's Night. I gotta say, this is the least impressive Halloween episode to date. This one, in the first season, it's the uh, one where the ghosts can go out into the real world for the first time. Halloween's supposed to represent the only night they can leave the house in the... uh, in in the show, um, try I'm trying to think of murder house. They can leave the murder house for that one night, and that's it. Only that one night, and then they have to return by midnight. Um, this one though isn't Halloween; it's Devil's Night. It's the night before. I'm not really sure what they were going for with this one. I love this episode though. Let me say that right off the bat. It's the only time I'm probably gonna say that this season. It's just that this one had the most interesting stuff going on, and it was stuff that didn't really add to the plot a whole lot. So I guess that's why. I don't know what the plot of the fucking show is yet. It's only four episodes in. And and let me, full disclosure, I have seen... I'm, I'm recording this one a bit late. We've taken a few weeks off. And I've seen up to episode five, 507. So I've seen the next three. And let me say, this is the last good episode. I'm going to let you know right now that the show turns real shitty after this. The next episode, 505, is pretty pretty decent i guess so maybe that's the last decent one but it's not all good this one i like front to back everything that happens in it is interesting to me and it starts off with the slick dudes walking through the 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 lobby of the cortez and he signs in as richard ramirez and liz taylor's like oh mr ramirez like is this your second year with us he's like three third she's like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and uh, go upstairs the master has something has a present for you and then he sneaks into a different room he kills a couple with a lamp He's this uh, Hispanic dude, glasses, slick black, greasy hair, all black, like leather. This seems like a cool dude, you know? He, like I said, he kills a couple with a lamp. He kills the husband with a lamp. The wife flees out, and she escapes, and James March grabs her. And she's like, hey, Richie, you found my present. Hey. I love this. I, I, I don't know. It's You see that they're doing real-life serial killers in the hotel for Devil's Night. Instead of doing the ghost leave in this one the serial killers are allowed to come here for March's annual... He gets, like, all these weird serial killers together and has a party. It's really fucking cool. I like this idea. I wish they would stick with cool shit throughout the show instead of going into random characters' backstories who we don't give a shit about, but they do that later on. Anyway, for this one, though, um, after that, after the credits, John Lowe wakes up from a call from his daughter. He said He couldn't give a shit less. He sounds like... He doesn't give a single fucking shit about his daughter at all. He reminds me... I'm going to take a pause here and find the audio clip, but he reminds me of the singer from Not A Surf, the way he talks. He just sounds like he's faking everything. Like, every time me and Brie watch a show, and I'm sorry she's not here today, but every time we watch it, I end up going, like... He he just sounds like, I'm totally cut, by the way. And I know we're going to go get that guy, a son of a bitch. And I'm totally a cut, by the way. You believe me, right? You, you know you believe that I'm a cop. He sounds like the actor who I don't even hate. I like him. I like I, I like Wes Bentley. Not, not a crazy about him, but I do like him. 
So I don't know why he's trying so fucking hard. I don't know what he's doing. Every line he says is bitched and whined out. And everything is sound like, I'm totally a cop. He sounds like he's really, really trying to make you believe that he's a cop. But this is what he reminds me of. I'm going to play the clip right now. Anyway, that's what he reminds me of. He is that whiny. He's that bitchy with his voice. He sounds like he's nagging you. He sounds like he's really, really trying to get you to believe that he is a cop. He's totally a cop, guys. He's just like, I don't believe I want to do that. I don't believe that. I can't. Oh, my God. I'm such a cop. Can you believe I have a cop's mind and I'm acting like this? I don't know. I Other than saying he's just, he's lethargic all the time. I think the hotel has like some sort of spell over him. I get that. But even when he's outside of the hotel, he just seems like he's hes one of the oddest, least interesting characters I've ever seen in, in television history to have the lead of a show. I don't know if he realizes he's on screen. hes He's the main character. He's the one we're seeing it through. And every time he's on screen, I don't like it. I don't... I, I, fall back from the show i get disinterested just like he is throughout his entire performance i don't care about the show at that point he he's on the phone with his daughter and she's like hey i don't know i don't really want to come over today grandma wants to teach me how to make fucking some who gives a shit cake pie whatever and he's like that's what you want to do that's what you want to do and i'm like could you sound more disinterested in your goddamn daughter and this is a theme for the next few episodes they're they both end up living in the hotel, both him and his wife, separately. And the daughter is just fuck all. Who knows where she is? She's going to become a prostitute 100%. I'd believe that if she doesn't, if she lives through this. And by that, I mean she might die of neglect, just starvation at her house. I don't know. Nobody seems to be giving a shit about this goddamn girl. Uh, anyway, hangs up the phone. He looks over and his notes on the wall and those bloody pictures that they keep showing that doesn't lead to anything. His fucking investigation has yielded zero results or interest from me and mostly probably the entire audience of the show. Anyway, there's blood falling from the ceiling from the second floor or the floor above him, whatever the fuck floor he's on. I don't know. I don't give a shit about the Hotel Cortez layout. Anyway, it cuts to Miss Hazel Evers, the maid for Jonathan or James March, She's trying to clean these sheets. There's blood, and it keeps it keeps reappearing. And you're like, "What the fuck's going on?" It keeps just reappearing after she cleans it, and then it cuts back to 1925, and she's out. She's going trick or treating with her. It's Halloween night. She's going trick or treating with her kid, and he's dressed as a ghost, which is just a sheet over his head. He's embarrassed. She's trying to be like a um, keeping up with the Joneses type thing, or whatever that phrase is called. I don't fucking know. Um, she's trying to keep up with the neighbors and be like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I can't believe you did that. Like, oh, how are you doing? Like, like really trying to be a part of the community and really keep up with the neighbors and really impress them. And then meanwhile, her fucking kid gets kidnapped behind her and is taken away in her, her own car. And she turns around and she starts chasing down the road. And she's like, what the fuck? And it cuts back to her talking to John Lowe. 
about her missing kid. She doesn't really say when it is. She lets it's a lost dialogue where she lets him fill in the blanks later on. She is like, you know, I lost my kid on this night, so it's hard. And he's like, oh, I know what you mean, because his kid was kidnapped by Lady Gaga and bullshit. And she's like, you know, and later on, I f- in this farm and this killer, and there's, you know, the cops are like, you know, we wouldn't find anything your kid. We just found his co- Halloween costume because the guy burned all the bodies and lie and buried him, all the bones, dispersed them in a mass grave. It's the same story that they tell in The Changeling. Um, a lot shorter, obviously, in this episode, and a lot better, uh, betterly. Wow, a lot, a lot. Uh, it's told a lot better in the Changeling because it's Clint Eastwood, and the, that guy's a fucking sex god. I love Clint Eastwood. Anyway, that's her backstory, and Jonathan March wanders away. Who gives a shit? I couldn't care less about the main character of the show. It's very odd. I can't, I can't name another show where you. There's other shows where most shows are like this, where you, I'm gonna, where you, the main character is. You have to be interested in the main character, and then the other characters can be your favorite. Like Futurama, you can love Bender, but you still like Fry. You can't. I've never seen another show where you hate the main character, but like other love other side characters. I've never seen that before. It's very odd because I despise this man. Not just the man, the actor's performance. I don't like what Wes Bentley's doing. I don't know what the fuck he's up to. It's infuriatingly stupid what he's doing. I don't agree with it at all. I wish he would just wake the fuck up. I feel like he's on Thorazine and like Xanax and maybe some fucking speed at the same time. So he's kind of like doing weird shit and he keeps going like in and out of fits. I don't know what the fuck he's up to. It's very odd. I feel like he's living... Charlie Sheen's lifestyle, maybe minus the HIV. I'm not real sure yet. He does fuck hypothermic Sally, so maybe he does have the HIV. I don't know if Ghosts or whatever the fuck she is can carry the HIV. I don't really know. I don't know Ghost. I don't know the layout of the Cortez, and I don't know Ghost Ghost pr- protocol for diseases. I don't know how that works. Anyway, I'm way off topic. Um, it cuts to Alex Lowe. She brings Holden home, her ghost kid, or her vampire kid, whatever you want to call it. He's the same age, and she doesn't really appear. Here's the theme of the show. She doesn't react at all to him being still alive, A, and then number two, the exact same goddamn age. Has an age one bit. She has no questions about that. She's so desperate to get her kid back, she doesn't question anything. She brings this fucking kid back to her house, welcomes this son bitch in her house, and I realize calling him a son bitch makes her a bitch, but she is. She's a bitch. She sits him down. She's like, he's like, I'm thirsty. And he still talks like that fucking 10 years later, however fucking long it's been. And then she does like this epic juice pouring scene where she spills it and then she pours two different kinds. Like, here's Minute Maid and uh, fucking Tropicana. Here's these two. She spills it all the counter. She brings it back. And by the time she gets back, the kid ate the goddamn dog. He drank, he drank him dry. I don't know how good dog would be. I don't think they'd be good uh, tasting. Maybe they're wholesome. Like people drink and eat a lot of goddamn garbage like beer and whiskey and fucking nachos and cheese and gelatinous mobs of cheese. So I don't know. Maybe dogs are a little more pure. I feel like dogs would actually taste better. But maybe that cheese that I eat makes me tastier. The fat on my bones makes me tastier than a, than a tiny little lap dog that she has. And how that goddamn dog is alive is beyond me because nobody's ever fucking home. Anyway, uh, they leave that scene. They cut back real quick to John Lowe, and he's at the office and he's talking to his partner. And he kind of finds out that those murders that she that Hazel told him about happened in the twenties. 
and his supreme over here's the confusing part he's he overreacts he overacts i should say to everything he's like what those are in the 20s he managed he manages the impossible and it's not good the actor Wes bentley manages the impossible of overacting and underacting at the exact same time he overacts when he should be normal and he underacts for the rest of the time, just filling the rest with underacting. He's like, it's like he doesn't want to be there. It's weird. It's not like Edward Norton in Italian Job doesn't want to be there level, but it's pretty close. He just seems like he doesn't give a shit. Like he's just, but he wants to really, I feel like he thinks he's in like, a book on tape or something, or he can phone it in by looking, but he doesn't realize there's a guy named Cameron on his face. I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know what he's going for, but literally when he acts, me and Bree will watch him and laugh. We just laugh. We have a grand old time watching his goddamn face and his, his supreme overacting on every line of dialogue where you're like, why do you say it like that? That was, that was an odd choice. It's fucking weird. Um, cut back to Alex Lowe. She follows Holden after he ate the goddamn dog. She follows him back to the casket in the pool in the Cortez. Um, Lady Gaga meets him there, meets her there, and tells the backstory in which she kind of reveals, like, uh, first of all, Alex is like, you stole my son. She's like, no, I saved him. She's like, you didn't pay attention. Nobody pays attention. I pay attention. I love all my children. First of all, I've never seen a more negligent, negligent mother than Lady Gaga in this fucking series. She has children... In this show that you don't see, and she, you never see scenes with her together, unless they're in that weird Clockwork Orange milk room playing video games. I don't, and I've never seen the kids or her together at any given moment. But Lady Lady Gaga, uh, she fucking tells a story of like, you know, like your husband who's negligent and blah blah blah, and then you realize what happened was. He puts Alex, or not Alex, uh, John Lowe puts his kid Holden on the merry-go-round very responsibly. And he turns his back and answers a phone call. And somehow that gives Lady Gaga um, the will, or the permission rather, permission and the, she becomes so indignant about this situation that she goes, yep, that gives me permission to steal this child. That's all I needed to see was him taking a phone call from work. First of all, if you turn your back on your child and answer a phone call, it's not the end of the goddamn world. Maybe it's a really important phone call. He has an important job, okay? And it doesn't mean he's negligent. The kid's on the goddamn ride. Only one thing could keep this kid from falling off other than, okay, okay, only two things can take the kid off the ride. Gravity which the kid's old enough to hold himself up, or a fucking vampire who has superhuman speed. Those are the two things. Gravity happens. There's not much you can do until afterwards, okay? Vampire takes it. You're fucked anyway. And what were you supposed to do to prevent that? Because even if he didn't grab the phone call, she could have taken him on the other side of the, the thing once, if he was on the other side, you know? I, the, I just don't understand her logic there. It was, the, it was so lazily done, her explanation... And she just had like a little sun sun umbrella, and that was protected her from you know the sun, the harsh UV rays of um, vampire sunlight. And apparently, that's all you need is just a black sun thing. Uh, first of all, why black? That just attracts more sunlight. I don't, I don't. Just the harsher degree of it, I don't understand what the logic is there. I don't think they're going for it. 
Um, this is 2010. Maybe she didn't know any better. Uh, this is a long time ago. That's five years ago, people. We need the people were dumb back then, right? Ugh, I was in my 20s then. Ugh, so stupid. Fucking Jesus. Anyway, uh, so they cut back to present day when she's telling the story to her, and Alex pulls a gun on her, and then Lady Gaga's like, "Hey, I'll make you an offer, and you can be him. You can be with him forever. You can always watch over him. Only one thing I ask is, you have to obey me. You have to be mine." And she leaves. Alex leaves, and this is I love this part. It's the only scene Tristan's in at all. Tristan walks into the room and goes, oh, "What are you doing?" After when uh, Alex is leaving, he goes, "Oh wait, you're banging her too." And that's all he says the entire episode, and I laughed hysterically for a good reason. I'm going to say this real clearly so everyone understands it. I I don't like Wes Bentley in this show, and I love Finn Wintrock. He's fucking hilarious. And, And he did it last season, and he's really bringing it this season too. He is one of the saving graces of the show. Him and Evan Peters. Dennis O'Hare does a great job too, but those two... Kind of three, Kathy Bates two, Sarah Paulson also, but mostly West Bent or no, mostly Evan Peters and Finn Wittrock. They 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 really are the saving grace of the show. If it wasn't for them, the show would be a big fat zero. The same as last season. These two guys are saving the show. Without those two characters last season, I would have goddamn hated season four. The fucking uh uh the freak show one. It was boring. It was so devastatingly boring. Um, I do love Lily Rabe. She's back, guys. She's back. I don't know if she's just in this one episode, but so far she is. Because uh, John's sitting in a bar at Liz Taylor's bar, and he's making fun of him. Like, you want a ginger ale? You want a Shirley Temple? You want a bo-? and you know, making fun of him because he doesn't want to drink. He's like, well, my, my soon-to-be ex-wife is like, you know, I don't want... I mean, you don't have an alcohol drinking problem. You have a control problem. Uh, and he's overacting and underacting at the same time and magically. And anyway, he, he has a drink. And then Lily Rape sits down, and she's all cool. And Liz is like, hey, it's your 13th year with the Cortez, right? And she's like, yeah, that's right. Look, you're 13. And you realize she introduces herself as Eileen Warnrose. And uh, her, her and John go back and forth about her not being her... How she can't really be Eileen because she's dead. And it just keeps going back and forth. He's like, you can't be her. Blah, blah, blah. Those guys were innocent. She's like, all I knew them was for those one night. And for that one night, they were who they were. And they got what they deserved. Blah, blah, blah. And whatever. That was all fun. I love Lily Rabe. She's a great part of the show. But I can't really say she's a saving grace because she's only in this one episode, like I said. If she were in the show more consistently this season, I would I would definitely, definitely lump her in there. She's one of my favorites. Her as sister Mary Eunice is fucking amazing. But her as Eileen Warnhouse was great. She's great in this episode. I wish she was around more because she does such a good job. It's amazing. However, I'm sick of seeing her and John go back and forth about her not being Eileen. Uh... This motherfucker has seen his son seven or eight times now. He's seen weird ass shit, blood dripping from the walls. Who he didn't, he didn't even seem to really acknowledge at all, other than talking to a lady who told him a story about her son. And he's just like, "Yep, that makes sense. That's why the blood's dripping from room to room." Not this guy has seen so much weird shit and has zero follow up questions, just zero. He'll be like, "Why is there?" Oh, fuck it. I don't care. You can't be Eileen Warren. You know what I mean? He does both. Where he's like, fucking bullshit. You can't be that. And then 
it handed these weird, this incredibly weird shit. He has no no complaints, no questions. Just moves on. Just drifts on to the next scene where he where he can whine out dialogue. I just don't care about his character. They are writing him so boring. I don't give a shit. Anyway, um, she offers him sex, and then they go up to the, his hotel room. It's very odd. I mean, she's a prostitute. She didn't want to be. If you ever watch Monster, great movie. She's She doesn't want to be, but she takes him up there. They go back to his room. Uh... I like the line. He's like, yeah, let's go up to my room. And Liz is like, you're too drunk to realize how ugly that woman is. And he goes, I'm too drunk to care. And I was like, yeah, there we go. And they both go, anyway, they both go to his room, start doing the thing. Um, they start fighting. She knocks him down, ties him with, she has him tied to a chair. Um, it breaks. She almost thumbs in his eyes a little bit there before he knocks her down, knocks her out a little bit. And then he handcuffs her to the sink. He goes downstairs and talks to Liz and like, What's that skink's name? He's like, what's skinky? He goes, that skink, skink that tried to kill me. And I was like, oh my god, dude. He's, oh, his, I, I really can't get over his performance in this fucking season. <sighs> and Liz tells John that, don't worry about it. The cops aren't going to believe you. Who gives a shit? You're walking around like a drunk lunatic. He's like, oh, you have a devil's night invitation. Here you go. This is very surprising. And gives him the invitation for De- Mar- James March's devil's night. And then he goes upstairs and sees his clothes, which are signed off by Liz. So how surprised could Liz have been if she already was in his room delivering clothes in the interim? I don't understand the timeline there. It doesn't make any sense, really. I feel like he had someone else deliver that. But whatever, we're willing to move on. It's all theater. Okay. This is where the, the, the storyline of the episode shifts. It gets awesome. Um, at March's party that John does go to is Eileen. They kind of have like a little cathartic thing and he's like don't worry because you're leaving in handcuffs tonight under my custody <laughs> um, Richard Ramirez is there the Night Stalker um, Jeffrey Dahmer um, John Wayne Gacy who's played by John Carroll Lynch who I fucking love um, he's just on another show I'm reviewing The Walking Dead as Eastman great 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 awesome performance anyway um, he's almost tucking in his Fargo performance or his Fargo accent because he's from Indiana and it, it's very similar and then the Zodiac shows up, and who's who's got like a hood and the Zodiac symbol on his chest, and you don't know who he is, and they all make fun of him. And I was like, oh, that's weird, because John Carroll Lynch, who plays John Wayne Gacy in this episode, played the Zodiac in the movie Zodiac. They don't ever say he's the Zodiac. They don't really know. They don't find out. But you know it is in the movie. But it's just a little weird tidbit of information there, so enjoy that. Chew on that for a while. Um, hope, you, hope you don't choke on that. Uh, anyway, March... He gives everybody absinthe, and it, uh, Jonathan Lowe doesn't handle it well. He kind of passes out a little bit. He's just kind of stuck there in a limbo, in a weird little, just kind of watching it and through thick eyes, you know. And then March gives this gift of some random dude with long hair to kill for Dahmer. He gives Dahmer this guy to kill, is, what, is how English people say sentences, right? The uh, Dahmer does this weird thing where he's tr- Dahmer tried to make, like, sex zombies, I guess is the best way to say it. He drills in this guy's head, injects something in there, and tries to get him to be like, yeah, yeah, and get him to do what he wants him to do and have sex with him at the same time. And it like he tries to make sex zombies, I guess the best way to say it. And I was like, ooh, zombies. Like, uh, John Wayne, John Carroll Lynch is just in Walking Dead. Okay, I'm reaching too far now. Anyway, fucking weird scene. They bring in 
the show outside and hypodermic Sally brings in this businessman who's really cocky. She brings him up to the party. She before after or before that she gives him a bunch of heroin and like makes him kind of like not care and she brings him up there. He's like, what's going on? And he's just standing there. And hypodermic Sally just like, all right, bye. And she leaves and uh, all those guys just grab knives and start stabbing the shit out of him. And Gacy suddenly has clown makeup on. It's fucking cool. They all like get in for a kill and they fucking stab this guy a thousand times. And then you realize like it kind of cuts a little bit. And then Sally's waking up John Lowe in an empty room. And John Lowe's like, what the fuck is happening? Like they're stabbing that guy. She's like, I came in and you were drunk and like, that's it. Like you were screaming and crying. And Lowe's like, this is, uh, I just had a little bit of drink. And he, like, he sounds like a bitch. And I realized like the ghost world is kind of like Silent Hill because he's leaving the room and then it kind of camera pans back over and you see um, James March and all those guys still there. And I'm like, oh, it's like Silent Hill where you're there but you're not and you can leave kind of. But it still exists around you in some world. But the businessman should have still existed because he wasn't dead yet. But maybe he died. I don't know. Anyway, um, and then it ends. The episode ends with Lady Gaga turning Alex into a vampire. And that's it. And that's how that ends. Yeah, not a bad episode. I really did enjoy this one. I gotta say, um, I give this one an A plus in as far as the show goes. Yeah, uh, that's the end of the episode. So um, until next time, I am Phoenix fucking West. I'm taking some notes right now for the next episode because I have to do four right now to catch up. Anyway, um, go to loiteringinwonderland.com. Check out all the shows. Buy a book, five bucks, PDFs. They're all fun. Uh, they're, they're great books. I wrote them. I should say so. Uh, but yeah, they're fun. Five bucks, that's it. Digital copies. What do you want? Fuck you. Buy one. Um, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Go fucking check it out. Share it with a friend. It helps us grow, guys. Seriously, we're looking for advertisers. If you're an advertiser or if you're a fan of the show, have any questions or things you want me to touch on later on, send it to loiteringinwonderland at gmail.com. I'll answer all of them there. I'll answer them on the show or I'll send you directly a message because that's how email works. I'll do one or the other. Okay, guys. Until next time, and in the meantime, I am Phoenix West. So long, citizens of the Cortez.